Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And right now, it's song versus song. This week, once again, I have made you do a country music episode, Lena. We are doing The Chicks Goodbye Earl versus Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats. And uh, just like the last time I made you do this, when I announced it, what it was, you gave me the thousand yard stare. It's not, it's just that, you know, I don't know anything and therefore the episode will be bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I saw that look on your face and it's going to be a good episode because uh, I, I brought in some backup as a direct result of that look on your face last episode. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have Natalie Weiner in the house. Say hi. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is a, a, a gift to us. Stop. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> a follower of yours. I, I, I read your uh, your newsletter. Don't rock the inbox. And uh, it's where I know most of the things I know about country music, basically. <laughs> well, that's good. That's how we like it. You know, any other sources of bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told there's a, a, a site you can read that'll save country music. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they haven't saved kidding, it yet. So <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Trigger isn't listening to this podcast. I mean, whatever. He doesn't like me anyway. So, uh, see, there's a thousand yard stare. Lena has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, it's okay. It's again better to not know. It's just a website that being called Saving Country Music, you can sort of guess what the tack is. It's a little bit of like a sanctimonious uh, vibe of like, this is country and this isn't very interested in drawing lines around like what real country music is. Well, we got some real country music today and we we're do. going to save we country music. <laughs> so like, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the, uh, the amateur here, the, the noob. Did you even know these songs? Lena, this is, this is, so, this is so embarrassing because uh, so I will say that uh, my, my spouse uh, was born and raised in Tennessee and mm-hmm. so there were a lot of shocked gasps and sighs of dis- <laughs> sighs of disappointment. Um, I only knew before he cheats because you had mentioned it in favor of a different song in one of your videos, Todd. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what song that was? Because I don't. It was I Care by Gabby Barrett. Okay. Mm. And uh, I don't remember which side I came on. Uh, you that. definitely came in favor of, of Carrie Underwood, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. In that instance, I think. Anyway, um, that was the only reason I'd ever heard of that song. And whoa, 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 whoa! You and I, I, and and let me finish. I've never heard until until the last two weeks had never heard "Goodbye Earl." I mean, not even once. What we're gonna take that as is like such a gift for you because <laughs> that means you get to go listen to Fly for the first time and have well, like that was one the f- of the best music listening experiences of your life. <laughs> I, I will say that, like, I so I mentioned it on Twitter. Um, what I said was uh, I was digging into this completely unknown band, um, <laughs> the Chicks, and that um, it was going to be really important for the culture uh, that I was going to be excavating this very little-known represented group. Um, and my my opinion was that uh, Fly is very good. Uh, and then I listened to the preceding and antecedent albums and concluded that those are also good. But yeah. um, I, I would say Home was my favorite of the three. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, again, that that means nothing to nobody. Uh, I listen I mean, to a little bit good. of country now, but like, <laughs> yeah, they were all like there were there were no bad albums amongst the three of them. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Are you asking me which one I thought was better? Yes. Todd? Okay, well, um, the chicks killed Earl. <laughs> Who did Carrie Underwood kill, huh? <laughs> oh, shit, wait a minute, Bo Bice. Um, uh, I, take, I don't have to rethink this entire situation. For uh, the record, uh, this has been a nice opportunity for me to, like, I've never really been into Carrie Underwood, so, like, this was, a, like, a good opportunity for me to, like, really explore. And it turns out, like, who did she kill is, uh, it feels like a lot. There's a... Yeah. With her like anti-vax tendencies. <laughs> oh, I forgot that one. No, I meant, oh, I was, I meant I in her songs. <laughs> there's a there's a lot more death in in Carrie yeah. Underwood songs than I, I realized. And now you know about the real life too. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that probably for me, um, it's funny because like obviously, uh, 
Goodbye Earl came out in 2000 or like found success in 2000. Um, mm-hmm. So it's technically a 2000 song. However, um, it's got big 90s vibes to me, like as far as pop music is concerned. Uh, so like I, that's the decade that I really kind of cut my teeth on knowing a lot of music. So for me, like that was just the one that kind of rang a little bit closer to what I like. So I went for that. But also I do think it's for me, it's just the better song. But they're both good. <laughs> That's my hot take. I really don't have a lot to say. I don't listen. To, I don't listen to a lot of country. I wasn't listening to any of it at the time. I only listen to some of it now. Yeah, it's it's genuinely shocking to me that you have had never heard of either of these. Raven was so upset. <laughs> so and and also like we were getting. I was getting ready for the episode, and I was like, oh, what should I? What should I wear? Um, which is totally meaningless because there's no video component to this uh, podcast. But like. I was like, I don't really have, I don't have any country stuff. So I wore a Texas Chainsaw Massacre dress. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that counts. It I does. Mean, are from Texas. Yeah. Yes, they are. And uh, there's. Mission there's, accomplished. There is no evidence that, uh, I mean, they had to dispose of the body. Right. For, <laughs> a chainsaw Chainsaws could have been involved. might have been involved. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I toss it to our guest. Uh, you, you seem uh, pretty hardcore on the chicks already, but like. Which was your favorite? I mean, it's tough. I thought we were going to talk about all of it and then come to a decision. But um, I don't know. We, we 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 stake our claim first, and then we we hash it out and see if we can change anyone's minds. Oh, okay. Um, I gotta go. Goodbye, Earl. Big picture because like I just that song is just too good, and that album mm-hmm. is too good, and it's just the chicks are too good. You know, right? I do think before he cheats is very good and it has a it's had a long tail as i think like a karaoke classic which is definitely like a a a special subcategory that should not be ignored of like pop hit they're so interesting to compare because they're both like so theatrical you know it's like both of them are like singers doing bits you know um and it's just like they're actually related bits you know they're vengeance vengeance bits you know and it's like why do we love country women singers doing vengeance bits. What, what is this like, what subconscious thing are we tapping into here? But I do think, you know, goodbye Earl, just such a standalone like success of a song. And I don't know, I can't, I can't go away from, from the chicks on that one, but, but I agree that they are both very good songs. It was kind of gratifying Lena to to see see you uh, listen. Was it fly? It's off the second album. You yep, listen to yeah. Fly and say that was good because, like, I just, you know, this is me revisiting it for the first time in a while. And I'm like, it was good to see you say that, Lena, because, like, okay, it's like, so it's not just nostalgia, right? Like, this is this is all killer, no filler. This is no skips album. You yes. know what it was? No. I, I listened to it and I think uh, there was, I wish I had taken a note of what the song was, but there was at least one song where I thought, like, this sounds like a Tom Petty song. And then I realized that, like, oh, right. I love Tom Petty and Tom Petty has a lot of country influences. Yeah. And so like that was that was the other thing that for me that made it a lot easier to listen to that record was that it has a little bit of punky rock punk pop has a little bit of punk rockiness to it, but also, yeah, it's got this sort of Americana quality that I really like already. So yeah. I mean I'm not surprised that I liked it now that I've listened to it, but yes, it's not nostalgia. It is in fact a very good album. No. Fly is like just one of the best country albums period ever full stop, you know, in a, in a genre that is really not like an album genre. A lot of the time, you know, it's Mm -hmm. much more singles driven in general and fly. I mean, also their first album too, but it's, I mean, fly was like, like, everyone was just like, what is happening? (laughs) We were, we're trying to do this thing recently where at least one of us will try and take the opposite side. (laughs) And like whether we mean it or not, and like when before he cheats came out, I just didn't feel it at all. And like the long tail has uh, helped me re-examine it because like that's that song has legs. That song has power mm-hmm. behind it. That song has really stuck in there. Especially like if you haunt a karaoke bar like I do, I've had ample opportunity to become very mm-hmm. familiar with before he cheats. And like this is like. This is really up there on the on when you think of women scorned, it's Alanis number one, and then <laughs> I think Carrie Underwood number two. And I, I've seen people do the pastiche 
like many times, like when they wanted like I'm the angry ex girlfriend. It's 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 jean shorts and a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, I, I I got one of them uh, piano books. It was like the hits of the 2000s before he cheats in there, and it's actually really fun to play. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I mean it's a monolith for sure. <laughs> I was gonna like randomly I did a thing that involved me looking at like billboard data that they released like their year end sort of luminate PowerPoint, I guess. Um, and they had a thing that was like showing what the most streamed song from different years was, you know, which was interesting, like seeing like which years of music are getting the most streams like right now, you know, within the past year. And the most streamed song from 2005, they pointed out, out was before he cheats. Like she has the like of any song released, like it was 2005, right? 2005, 2006, whatever it was. It came out. It was released. The album came out in 2005, but it wasn't like okay. a hit till like the end of 2006 and all through 2007. I remember it just like lasting the entirety of 2007. But like technically it's an 05 song. I definitely remember that for sure. Yeah, I think they were rem- like counting it as 2005. But anyway, so yeah. of any song released in 2005. Before he cheats is the one getting the most streams right now, which is kind of wild, but also totally believable. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, well, it, I looked and saw what was it? Uh, I was like, I was like, how how famous is Carrie Underwood? I truly have no sense of anything. So like, I went and I was like, I'll just do the Twitter check. How many Twitter followers does she have? Eight million. Uh, <laughs> that's eight, followed by a million zeros. That's not how that works. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, the chicks don't have anywhere. I think they have like six hundred sixty something. Probably yeah. 666, those demons. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and Bo Bice has like about as many followers as I do. Sorry, Bo Bice. <laughs> Got him. I voted for Bo. Did you really? <laughs> Did you actually vote for Bo Bice? I, Is that a uh, thing? I would have if I was actually calling in because I was watching Idol pretty religiously during the 2000s because, you know, I was, ex- I was and am extremely basic. So well, we'd uh, we made that that Taylor, that Taylor Hicks pulp Soul Patrol. We we joked about that a few episodes ago, didn't we? <laughs> it's it's hard to believe that was a that weird it's, season. But it's, but it's been like twenty years almost since since uh, since Carrie Underwood won. Like that was two thousand and five. Isn't that wild that it's been twenty years since That's that happened? Crazy. It's it's, um, it's wild, and she's still here in a yeah. in a genre that is a uh, you know not kind to women like we've been dancing around it but uh like well, she's it, the, she's the one who's like like got the longest career except for like Reba who they they you know is still around <laughs> here and there but I mean it is worth noting that Carrie's entrance into the country zeitgeist enters like it comes immediately after the chicks are exiled from country radio for saying that uh the US should not be in the Iraq war you know um yeah. and that they were ashamed that the president was from Texas. Um, so, you know, it's kind of an interesting like shift in the country tides because they really they were on top of all of it, you know, and then they got political, as it were. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm kind <laughs> of interested to see what each of you remembers from this sort of period from like 1999 to 2005, 2006, as far as how where country had been right before the chicks came into it. And then how it shifted during that time. And then the same thing, like what it was like as Carrie Underwood was coming in and then her influence. Like this is something that I mean, is totally I was, outside of my experience. I mean, it's a little outside of my experience, too, because right around 9-11, I kind of stopped listening to country music. That was like complete coincidence. I was just getting older and realized I could listen to other things besides what my parents listened to. Country music did change in a way that I was not particularly interested in hearing. But before that, what was happening like in like ninety seven, ninety eight? Do you uh, have any? I mean, it was Shania and the Chicks. Like the, that was like the Sh- main Shania Faith main and event. Chicks. I mean, Garth was still around, but he was he like, was still around, but he was still yeah. humongous. But like that was around the time Chris Gaines happened, and like the time where he was just <laughs> kind of like pedaling downward, and was like maybe, uh, maybe I don't have to like chase like gigantic mega. So it was it was just the three of them, basically, Shania and Faith and the chicks who were like crossing over is what I remember. Yeah, um, I think where does where does where, where where does I hope you dance fit into this? Also a big hit I in mean, year 2K. Yeah. 
Leon Womack, who is incredible, um, basically gets remembered as like a one hit wonder because like that song was like so massive. And then like nothing else she ever did was quite as big, even on country radio. Um, She honestly like has had more of a quote unquote Americana trajectory like Mm -hmm. since then. Um, But all of her albums are great. I recommend very few people more highly than Leanne Womack. <laughs> it was funny because when I was doing research, um, I'd come up upon a live performance of hers with uh, a group called Sons, Sons of, of the, the Desert. Desert. Yep. I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, and in fact, of course, they were originally kind of trying to grab Goodbye Earl and, and had recorded mm-hmm. it for an album that didn't come out. Yeah. Which is which is wild. I, the idea of men singing Goodbye Earl seems... <laughs> weird that seems a little weird right not that like men don't do vengeance songs in country i think that exists but like the idea of of a a group of men singing this song seems not right i mean it was written by a man not like offensive but like (laughs) not not as good like not only was i shocked to find out that it was written by men i was shocked to find out that it was not written by natalie mains yeah i mean i think it's a lot of their songs are not written by them you know which was like a mark against them when people were like oh you're not country enough you know or whatever um but Most it's a great song. artists don't write their songs exactly no but you know people pull this stuff out when it's convenient um Ugh. but yeah both of these songs which is so funny because they are held up as like quote-unquote feminist country anthems like they were both written by men you know it's all just like who knows? Of course, the performances yeah, no, was, are are iconic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was before he cheats was a little less surprising to me that, it, you know, a man wrote it. I, I was kind of surprised to see what one of the writers had also written. And there's a lot of bro country in there. Mm-hmm. Like it was like redneck, crazy, drunk on a plane, like the broiest of bro mm-hmm. country songs. I was like, that's surprising to me, but also not that surprising to me. <laughs> like. The, the whole smash uh, crazy, act, you know, smash the car thing. Like, I've done that. I've <laughs> You smashed a car? It doesn't count if you were drinking and driving. I, you know, no. That's not. It, 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 it's super high school shit. Like, uh, he stole my girlfriend, so I keyed his car. <laughs> and then, like, a, a couple days later, I she didn't would, key anybody's car. So you car. literally were Carrie Underwood is what you're saying. Yes, I was. <laughs> As part what of I'm co- hearing is that you're a criminal. <laughs> no, I could have gotten calling a, the police, Todd. I could have gotten in a lot of trouble, but I, you know, I got I got the girl back. Not that that. <laughs> it, like I said, it's, it's super high school you're, shit. You're, te- you're teaching the wrong lessons to <laughs> yeah. the kids at home, Todd. <laughs> well, you're taking that's, the wrong things away from before he cheats. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, like that's that's kind of like why before he cheats didn't really hit for me in 2007 like i've been there it doesn't feel good i felt awful it felt really bad i felt like really crappy about it and it worked it worked i got the girl back but like it's like no the the thing that we need to understand when talking about these two songs is that violence is wrong (laughs) yeah i although i will say uh i've killed a lot of people and gotten away with it and that feels great (laughs) Like Bo Bice, for example, he's, you know, the reason you haven't heard from him is oh, I killed yeah. him. I killed Bo Bice. You <laughs> thought it was Carrie Underwood who did that, but no, it was me. I've just pinned it on her. Uh, you know, these are violent songs. And I, I think Carrie has said, like, this was a big risk for me. And I was like, I imagine it was like post Dixie Chicks. Like, she, and she's, you know, the all American Oklahoma yeah, I was girl. Say, po- yeah, po- post American Idol, too. I think that there's a lot of expectation i can't imagine what it must be like not only to have one american idol and to know that like there's already kind of a like a decline in how much success you're going to have like i think each person with each successive season struggled a little more and in different ways um you know like not any i don't like almost nobody was going to be as big as kelly clarkson it certainly didn't feel that way right like season two and season three you're like these people are good, but they're not going to be as big as Kelly Clarkson. And then there was the feeling that Although, maybe I mean, there was a, there would there never was... be anybody who would be as big as Kelly Clarkson again. And then Carrie Underwood happened. But I don't think that that was necessarily something that I mean, I didn't anticipate anything. Uh, I didn't think coming out of that like she's going to be the the biggest big to ever come out of American Idol. 
Um, and then I would argue, I, I think she is. Like, Kelly Clarkson's huge. Uh, she, I mean, they're both huge. Kelly is like pop, you know, so it's like she's reaching everybody. And Carrie is more, with the exception of like Jesus Take the Wheel and Before He Cheats, like it's more country specific, I think. I think anytime I know who somebody is, like <laughs> I, I, like if somebody is in country and I know who they are, I consider that to be a, a big deal. I mean, now again, in the last, in the 2020s, things have shifted um, because uh, a long time um third member of the podcast who comes, comes off in a, a Mark Rondon. I can feel him attacking me every time <laughs> I am not listening to enough country. I feel his shame <laughs> hot on my neck. Uh, and so I try to listen to more country for you, Mark. And also because I, I want to live. Please don't do to me what you did to Bo Bice, Mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Carrie Underwood just, it seems like... Country music embraced her. Like, how long did that take? What was the what was the tale on that? Like, was it immediate? Was it a, a thing that took time for her to get embraced? Because I feel like American Idol would be something that maybe the country music scene would turn their nose up at. No, I think it was pretty immediate. I mean, I'm looking oh, right yeah, now. That first album. That first yeah. album was a humongous hit. I mean, Jesus Take the Wheel was the first big single, and it won the Grammy for Best Female Country Vocal Performance and Best Country Song. Um, single of the year at the ACMs, you know. So yeah, I think that's yeah. that's wild to me. Yeah. And yet, but, I mean, and yet, not, not not anything to do with the quality of the song, but like again, American Idol to me felt like it could be very easy to be stigmatized. Yeah, I, I remember like there was that weird thing where Faith Hill was like really angry that Carrie Underwood was being successful. Mm-hmm. I was never clear what that was about. Oh, I don't know. And this is a uh, beef that's new to me. <laughs> No, like she won Entertainer of the Year at the, the ACMs or the CMAs or something, and Faith like walked out angrily. And I was, I don't know if there was like ever any explanation of what her beef was. I don't know. Like, the, yeah, that's wild. I mean, like a lot of you know, a lot of the women were suffering by that point. I'm pretty sure. Like Faith. Well, she'd had she'd had a tryst with Bo Bice. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, I'm done now. <laughs> Post chicks uh, was a you know a really rough time. Uh, I read your uh, co-writer's book because I'd been. Oh, nice. Yeah. I remember tweeting like, how could like this humongous female audience have just disappeared overnight? Like it couldn't have just been. uh, Couldn't have just been the chicks. And I was like, no, it was absolutely just the chicks. Like, I mean, yeah, but it was also like the corporate consolidation of radio, you know, had a huge impact on like the way that those playlists were made. Um, And it's just like it's not even the female audience. It's that like these radio programmers assume that women want to hear men, you know, and that's actually been like conventional wisdom for decades, you know, but it was just sort of like the blood of successful women in the nineties was like kind of a strong counter example, but like it was more of an anomaly that, you know, they just kind of, I don't know. It was just like, I mean, I, that's what I grew up with. So I just assumed forever. Like that's how it would be. Is like, and like, was it like that in the eighties and the seventies? Cause like, I, w- I wasn't growing up during that time, so I don't, I wouldn't know. But it seemed like, in hindsight, like women were doing fine. I mean, but- a lot of the women we like remember more fondly, but I, it was pretty male dominated in the seventies mm. and eighties. Like you know, women like running the country chart was <laughs> something different for the nineties. Um, but yeah, it's it is dark. The nineties were certainly a golden era, and it's funny because even like country people are nostalgic for them now. And it's like, well, you realize you could just like do good music. <laughs> you can like change that. it anytime yeah. you want. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Like goodbye Earl was a big crossover hit. Like when I was listening to the pop stations, when I was like switching over to what I was listening to goodbye Earl, I remember being everywhere. Everyone knew that song. Yeah. That's, I think it's like, that's a song about murder. Was, was huge. It's a song about murder. Yeah. <laughs> No. Well, we loved murder songs in the 90s, I feel. There's a lot of death in songs in the <laughs> 90s. Alt-Rock alt always had people dying. I mean, but this is like a happy song. This is like the, the mm-hmm. happiest song in the world. But there was a, a, a more recent one, uh, you know, about killing a wife beater um, from, what's his, what's got Hardy. Yeah, Hardy oh, yeah, and Lainey Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the truck or whatever. Wait Stay in the truck. In, wait in the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was listening to that and I was like, why doesn't this work for me? Why, do, why don't I really like this? And uh, 
what I came up with is like the part where, you know, it was like, oh, I did a bad thing. It was a good thing, but it's a bad thing. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me, God. And I was like, you don't care. You don't feel any <laughs> guilt about this. Don't bullshit me. And I was like, you know what has it right? Goodbye, Earl. Well, it doesn't sound fun. Like, goodbye, Earl is fun. That's the thing that sells it. Yeah. No, and, and it was like, a music video starring Jane Krakowski. <laughs> I mean, it is like also so country. You know, like you listen, it's got a real twang, a real kind of like hoedown vibe to it, you know, and it's just so funny to listen to and think about how far away from that, like commercial country radio has gotten from from twang. Yeah. From anything like connected to that. I mean, banjos and fiddles and steel guitars. Yeah. Actual drums. And it's like not that that's gone, but it's like the sort of energetic use of it as we're saying like combined with humor and fun and like whimsy and originality you know it's like i mean it was an anomaly in the moment and it's still an anomaly you know but i'm just like man it just makes me want more like that you know <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a different time when uh goodbye earl could top the charts i i, <laughs> I miss it <laughs> and like i said it's a happy song there was a I remember the, the little disclaimer in front of the video it was like, for the record, the the chicks don't condone murder. Right. Like you <laughs> like you have to. We don't don't condone premeditated murder, but we do appreciate getting even. Yeah. No, it, it was funny. I did a whole story about um, kind of the response to it initially. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it was somewhat controversial i mean the controversy was like a little bit overplayed because it was also like good pr like ooh, this Mm -hmm. scandalous new single is at radio but it was so funny that it got like slotted into like broader conversations about violence in music which were mostly prompted by hip-hop you know and they were kind of like you know this is similar which i guess is like fair like it is violent and you know if you're gonna talk if you're gonna be like we shouldn't be talking about killing people like you definitely have to include it but it was just sort of like the anxiety around it was interesting in my piece i um i compared it to eve's now I, I need to look this up because I'm like forgetting what it's called. But there love is, was love is blind. Yes, love is blind. Love is blind. Thank you. Um, right. she, she kills someone in that, doesn't she? Yes. Um, and it is about domestic violence. And so it was like they came out around the exact same time, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of compared the responses. You know, obviously love is blind is much more serious or whatever. But like with the chicks, like not to be too hard on them, but they sort of like leverage the controversial aspects or like the domestic violence, like concerns, mm-hmm. like into the marketing. Like there was a tidbit where they were like kind of being like, this is the anti OJ anthem or something, you know, trying to make it more controversial Substantial. or whatever. Like, oof. yeah. And it's just like, yikes. Like, you know, that doesn't look great in retrospect. Um, But the song of course kind of stands alone, I think so. I mean, like who? Like I, I find it real hard to imagine the person that gets offended at "Goodbye Earl." Yeah, like I don't, Earl, Earl's dancing with them at the end, like he's doing that's the true as a zombie. The, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like it's very silly, and I mean, radio stations would like include like domestic violence hotlines and stuff, like next to you know when they would play the song and stuff, and. I, I mean, I mean, that's not bad. No, it's not, not, bad. not a bad it's, thing. It's but good. like, yeah, uh, like, what are we talking about? I know it's just like the song is so kind of whimsical in general and upbeat and happy. Like we're talking about, you know, it's like hard to sort of imagine anyone taking yeah. it that seriously. But like when I like the funniest part to me is like the the backup vocals, because like Natalie goes all in is like. Earl had to die, and like, and then the, and like the, like the other, the other two chicks are just singing along, like they have no idea what the song's about. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out where in the in the realm of the the na 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 song, <laughs> like where this one fits. Like, is it a top ten? Is it a top five? It, it's a pretty some, good na 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 song. I mean, there, there's a lot of competitions for you know the best na 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 song. Like, it might bump out of the top ten, but it might not. I don't know. Yeah, oh, here's you know I did that when I was doing research as a person who just doesn't know anything. Um, when I read that, I guess Natalie Maines had 
jokingly said that um, people at radio stations that wouldn't play the song, uh, the quote is, we always figured whoever was complaining must be beating their wife. First of all, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, holy shit. <laughs> but also, like, that's a little too perfect. You ever hear something and you're like, that's so pat, that feels prepared. Right. Right? Like, like this whole thing feels a little, like, the song is great, but... Somewhere along the line, they realized there was an opportunity. Yeah. It's interesting to look back at that moment because it's like, it's hard to imagine, but they really were kind of like succeeding against the odds in some ways, you know, like radio and Nashville and everything were like not totally convinced by them. And the national media coverage around them was like wildly sexist, you know, in a way that like looking back on it, I'm just like, I can't believe this was real, you know, just like undermining any good thing they could do, you know? And it's like, they were making such great music, you know, and it was all sort of like being like these sex pot country girls are like, you know, taking over (laughs) Nashville or whatever, you know, just like, and Shania Twain was getting the same thing even more, you know? Um, But it was just kind of like, they were having to sort of rebut all of this weird vibe press that they were getting, you know? And so some of their, sassiness I guess I sort of attribute to like the moment and the fact that they were having to like react so much to that but it is like some of it is cringe in retrospect (laughs) I mean it's smart it's very weird to say well it was a different time but it was a very different it was the late 90s and early 2000s are I can't you know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are a lot younger than we are and boy you can't if you weren't I was in my 20s in the early 2000s and I will tell you uh, that was a weird time to be alive in so many ways. Like the idea that the chicks could be completely ousted. That's still absolutely buck wild to me. Yeah. Like, it's what, what, like Ken and I, oh, Jesus Christ, excuse me, Todd and I, it's the first time I've done it. In a while. Todd, yeah. and, I, Todd and I did a separate podcast where we were asked to come up with the 15 biggest culture resets in music from like, it was, what was it, like 19, 1980 to now. Or it was like 1974, 75. And I put um, the Dixie Chis getting kicked on my list. Yeah. Because, again, having heard none of their music. And you, still, you I, didn't know what I, Goodbye Earl was. But I knew that that had happened <laughs> because it was completely inescapable. I yeah. like I'd heard nothing of the chicks. And then right. that happened and I was completely on their side. Yeah. I was like, but they're right, though. Yeah. And and being totally outside of country, I, I had no context for it other than I knew that they were a big deal. And then all of a sudden they were over. That's yeah. bananas. No, it's really wild. And like, I don't think you can overstate like the impact that 9-11 had on country music. But the general like Overton window for a country did move fairly far right, you know, in the years after 9-11. And I think like Carrie Underwood is an interesting example there because like her first single is Jesus Take the Wheel. It is a Christian song, you know, like, and so really only because that was so wildly successful, does she even have room to do a before he cheats, you know, like that is like sort of a then like easier to swallow of being like, oh, she's kind of like, playing this character of like this like bad girl angry woman whatever and that song was originally intended for Gretchen Wilson which is such a funny uh thing to me because you can totally it definitely reads more as a Gretchen Wilson song than as a Carrie Underwood song but for 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 the record Lena Gretchen Wilson was a very like wild one of the guys I can now drink you well she uh, did I'm a redneck woman I'm feeling you probably have heard this song maybe if not no, it's easy to. If Lena hasn't heard before he cheats. <laughs> That's true, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but um, I'm a redneck woman. A redneck woman was like, I don't know. I feel like it was probably SNL fodder. You know, I don't know. It was just like such a. It was a phenomenon because it's like, oh, she's like taking this to the nth degree. You know. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's part of the reason why I never quite got before he cheats and then like to to this day i'm still a little like distant from it like i, I don't I, did, I didn't buy it from carrie like for me she's jesus takes the wheel not before he cheats 
like I was like trolling through comments like to coalesce my thoughts on it. And I saw like more than one, like several people on Twitter saying from like the mid 2010s, like why does Carrie Underwood only write about abuse and murdering, uh, you know, women <laughs> men and like cheat getting cheated on? I was like, does she? I mean, well, first off, f- fuck off. What are you talking about? Right, but like right. also. <laughs> I was like, does she? And I was like looking down her list of songs. Like, actually, yeah, she does. My feeling is that like she does have such a powerful voice, you know, Mm -hmm. like she is a very, very strong vocalist and she can really like nail the kind of like wailing, theatrical, soaring, big hit song, you know, like Mm -hmm. she can just like do that every single time. She can always hit that note, maybe even better than she can do like soft and sensitive sensitive you know or whatever Mm -hmm. like this is like her wheelhouse is like just bombast and like kind of just over the top like almost impersonal in a way like before he cheats is so fun at karaoke because anyone can like embody that character you know it's like such a specifically written song with all of this like over the top to it you know (laughs) you don't need to really be confessional it's like it's all a performance (laughs) yeah and it's like I was li- listening to her stuff. I was like, wow, she really does not really have many ballads. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that it's not. But yeah, she loves a kind of like rockish tinged musical theater pilled like big, <laughs> big thing. You know, like that's that's sort of her comfort zone in a funny way. To me, she always and I've gone back through her catalog and I found like uh, maybe I hadn't taken her seriously enough. Like she's got some jams in there. But she always did kind of sound to me like an American Idol singer. Mm-hmm. I yeah, So this is the thing, right? Like, again, a complete outsider. Um, I know nothing about Carrie Underwood other than the fact that she's got a couple songs that I maybe have heard and she won American Idol. So I was like, I'll look at her Twitter page. Uh, Eight million followers, you say. And then the very first tweet that I saw was her being sad about the death of Toby Keith. Oh, yeah. Um, we're which, recording this at a weird we're, time. Yeah, which like you strange. know, f- which felt like such a, a stark um, difference. Like, like, boy, if you wanted to explain the difference between Carrie Underwood and the chicks, like <laughs> you couldn't come up with with a with a with right. a starker example because they had such a terrible relationship with him mm-hmm. um, specifically. I mean, I'm not trying to to bash the dead, but like as a matter of historical context, um, he did go after them um, in the wake of their comments on on George W. Bush and like. They really did not appreciate that. And uh, and Carrie Underwood, by contrast, had a very good relationship with him and even has a, a, a pretty big, as far as I know, song where it's the two of them. It's a duet. Mm. I, I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't uh, either, well, but it's, I believe it's off, you. It's, 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 it's <laughs> off of a Toby Keith record, put it that way. And it was, it's, if you're looking at like, uh, it's called If I Didn't Love You, I think. No, that's that's Aldine. That's, oh, that's the other guy. That's the other guy. That's right. But that's weird too. Anyway, uh, I feel like Carrie Underwood because, like, I had no idea about the the anti-vax stuff. Um, which mean which means that she has covered it. I very don't want to well. like be sued for libel. She hasn't like explicitly been on that train, but there are enough context clues for us to guess that she probably sympathizes in that direction. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's think, strange because she, like she is like. She's well known that she's like very religious. That's the like the one thing people know about her private life. But for the most part, she does not get involved with any of that shit. Yeah. No, I think it was like her husband actually like made a comment being like, people are coming after Aaron Rodgers. He's a hockey player. Um, and it's like, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, and just her like liking some questionable posts, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the she's also I, a vegan who supported gay marriage. So, like, you know, people are yeah. complicated. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. I mean, like, you were very quick um, to point out a couple of, of facts that people were kind of overlooking when Toby Keith died, uh, Todd. You did. I mean, like, because people would kind of, like, tried to kind of strafe in one direction. And even I had done, like, a sly thing about how I was going to listen to the chicks that whole day as mm-hmm. research and for no other pointed reason. <laughs> um, so like, you know, I, anyway, that's neither here nor there. What I was trying to get to was that listening to that first album of hers, um, I was kind of struck, like there's something about the production of that album that turns me off yeah, in the sense fan. that like, it just feels too 
too big, too like mm. Disney's the wrong word, but like it's just I don't. You remember? So we did a a, a Christmas episode, and you complained that the um, the Kelly Clarkson song was like too much, like beating you over the head underneath the tree. Yeah, I stand by that. And <laughs> and I, there was there's something about that Carrie Underwood album that struck a, a little bit of a similar chord for me. Not quite to that extent, but like it was a little bit of everything all at once in a way that I didn't find insufferable, but it kind of turned me off a little bit, almost to the point that it made it a little bland, not in composition, but in production. I mean, she was, what was she like 20 when that album came out? Well, Something I'm not like blaming that. her at all. This uh, is not, I, I'm just saying not I, to I blame like to, Carrie Underwood for production. Going through her catalog, I liked her 2010 stuff a lot better than that first album. I remember like people were still buying CDs in 2005 and I remember seeing that CD everywhere like when I was still going to music stores when music stores still existed like it yeah. was incredibly popular. I think a big part of why um like when I said that I I the the album that I liked the most of the chicks was Home is because I liked the production and I liked the bluegrass mm-hmm. element to it, right? Like I know it's a softer record, right? Like it's not going as hard as as the previous two, certainly not as hard as, as Fly, but like Damn, it's pretty, and it's just really well recorded um, and really well performed. Like we've we've had we've talked about landslide and many covers for it um, over the years. I think this is like I truly again a, a person who I guess is just is brand new and has never heard anything. <laughs> I had never heard oh my the chicks God. cover of landslide before. Not in a never grocery store. It. Come on, <laughs> if I had it, just didn't occur to me. It just kind of wafted away. But like actively listening to it, I thought, wow, this is fucking great. Holy shit. And then the whole album, I I just thought like, this is so good. And I like the, again, fly, same thing. Like I just, the production from that time, like I know there was a lot of complexity behind the scenes and them not getting paid, but like those albums sound good to me. They just sound really good to my ear. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, landslide was probably my like sentient awareness of the chicks just because I wasn't really listening to country specifically. It was like top 40 crossover only. But I remember mm-hmm. loving Landslide and I had never even heard the song before. I mean, I was like 12 or whatever. So I was like, wow, Landslide, great song. Chicks really killed it with that one. You know, I had like no sense <laughs> that it was a cover. Um, but yeah, I think like it's in the differences in production, too, that we can sort of uh, see the wide gap between where the chicks and Carrie Underwood are even coming from, even though geographically they're really in a quite a small area, you know, like Carrie Underwood is from Oklahoma. Chicks are from North Texas and the panhandle. Uh, Natalie Maines is from Lubbock and they really came up like right. I live in Dallas and they sort of, the chicks were first a band like around North Texas. Natalie Maines has like the best Texas country pedigree you could possibly ask for. You know, like her dad, mm-hmm. Lloyd Maines, is like a singular pedal steel player and like so entrenched in Texas country music, you know, like so she has like all these hipster bona fides and like the chicks as a whole, like the band was playing traditional Texas country music before they became the pop, you know, stars, the chicks. Um, and so like, that DNA and the fact that like Lloyd Maines, her dad has played on like every single one of their records, you know, um, and then like Carrie Underwood, you know, she was like a cheerleader in Oklahoma who was also a really good singer and just kind of like type A everything and then wins American Idol, you know, so it's like couldn't two wildly different ways to get on country radio, you know, <laughs> um, but it's just it's funny that it all sort of still there's the geographic tie there a little bit. I was going to point out this is not really an argument in favor or against anybody. However, probably worth noting that uh, Goodbye Earl, apparently a huge influence on the most famous living human being on planet Earth, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Big fan of the chicks. <laughs> Miss Swift. She loves them. And she and then she said that like when she would go and do like like all those like competitions to try and like win like local things and stuff like that was the go to song. Hmm. So when she was doing the night, when she was doing the 1989 tour, she, um, I mean, she had a lot of people coming out during those tours, which is sort of a, a Taylor Swift staple. She loves bringing people out, but, um, but she had brought out Natalie Mans mm-hmm. to do Goodbye Earl with her, and uh, and that was pretty neat. I mean, she, um, uh, I think she wrote her own murder ballad a, a couple of years ago. At last, I be, I believe it. I, I yeah. is that really the only one? Taylor Swift really seems like a, the murder ballad type. 
<laughs> no, no, she seems like that. She doesn't seem like that at all, at all to me. She doesn't. She barely ever even writes fiction. Was it on? Wait a minute. Was it on Reputation? It was on Evermore, I believe. Oh so. wow, shocker! Well, maybe when she does Taylor's version of Reputation, there will be uh. a, a, a secret unknown B side <laughs> that we've never heard. Um, by the way, speaking of B sides, and we should talk more about Carrie Underwood. I feel bad. We've kind of dominated. I, the I feel like we've talked. We've talked quite a bit about Carrie Underwood. I feel like have we? Oh, yes. Okay, I felt like she was kind of getting the short shrift. But um, uh, I mean, like we we are who we are. It was always going to be chicks who dominated this conversation. But yeah, um, yes, like me, they're dominating the conversation. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't know this because I don't know anything. But um, when they released Goodbye Earl. Do you know how the B-side was? What? It was the cover of Stand By Your Man. <laughs> that's outstanding. Yeah. No. That's unbeatable. They got jokes. That's like, the, that's like the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I by mean, the way, it's were, actually they, not a I mean, very good were, cover, they were, they but like, it's funny that they did it. When they were like carrying him to the lake. So. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Todd. Well said. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think like talking more about Carrie, like before he cheats, I think what makes it stand out what makes it memorable is that the lines are so specific you know bathroom polo you know oh yeah side Schneider of his four wheel drive you know it's just like all these every like little detail there is just like so satisfying when you hear it you're like oh i remember that but it is also many of those details are funneled towards like slut shaming you know like it's all about like shit talking the woman that he's like cheating with which is kind of like yes. all right we need to like written by a man anger here you know? <laughs> like well written by men right there were two men who wrote it, that song right yes. yeah yeah two guys yeah yeah, yeah. and that was yeah. the part that really got me i was like i mean i guess it's not you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that a woman wrote these lyrics but it it does kind of have that vibe, doesn't it? Where you're like, why do you keep blaming this woman? Yeah, exactly. It's she, like, who doesn't even so, exist? What's so slutty yeah. about her? Yeah, like you've just made her up. It's <laughs> like, made it's up like, a woman to get mad at. And it's also like, you know, saying that she's like mad at her for being bleach blonde. It's like, Carrie, look in the mirror, babe. <laughs> what are we talking? What are we talking about here? Uh, yeah, like, I just, yeah, like I said, I, I've never quite bought Carrie Underwood. Like you, like. Oh, she can't shoot whiskey. It was like you're a, you're a whiskey girl. Yeah, this is like honestly, I will only say this briefly because I don't want people to be really mad at me. But like, this is sort of has been my issue with Taylor Swift since I was 15, and everyone started <laughs> to be obsessed with Taylor Swift because it's like she's cheer captain. I'm on the bleachers. I'm like, bitch, I'm on the bleachers. You're not on the fucking bleachers. You don't know shit about the bleachers. Okay, <laughs> like don't don't even start. <laughs> You know, it's She's, funny because like whenever like the the stands like defend that line is like, no, you don't understand. Taylor Swift in like middle school had no friends because she was unpleasantly intense. And yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not a great like that doesn't <laughs> convince me. You know? yeah. Maybe maybe she was a bleacher creature. You don't know. It's possible. No, Anything's she wasn't possible. because Let's she not- was busy selling a million albums. You know? <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> She was already a pop star by by that time. So. Oh, yeah. I know this because we have the exact same birthday. She is literally one year older than me. So all we were experiencing the same things at the same time. So you should be friends. I don't. This is like yeah, so exactly. weird. Why would you by be anti Taylor? You should which... be her her biffle. This is so strange to me. I mean that like I am also a pop star, and I am also one of the richest people on the planet. <laughs> I thought so. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It was a shock. Yeah, on you your private yes. jet. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. I just had to leave Travis for a moment, but. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Should we, should you want to do the four questions? All right. Todd, is it four questions? I think it is time. Okay. So we do this thing after we uh, talk about everything and nothing. Um, we try to combine it all together in the form of these four questions so that it makes sense. Uh, the fourth, the first question is not the fourth question. That would be weird. The first question is a question of history. Probably the most important question we actually ask. One of these songs is going to disappear forever, like it never existed, gone, uh, like Kaiser Soze at the end of uh, uh, Usual Suspects. Sorry to ruin Usual Suspects for you. One of them is going to stay though. For the culture, Natalie, which one of these songs has to stay? I mean, goodbye, girl. Come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know if I agree. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I feel like the the shadow of before he cheats is a little larger than Goodbye Earl, and Goodbye Earl has a, you know a pretty pretty decent impact. I think that's but, definitely true. Impact wise, before he cheats is looms considerably larger. I I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to live in a in a world with, without either of them. <laughs> and like, if, I mean, like 2007 me would be really shocked to hear me saying that in 2024 because I I did not like this song in 2007, but. What are you going to sing at karaoke? Shania. <laughs> oh, you know, it's weird. I never hear Shania on karaoke. Never? Uh, that is that is weird. What kind of karaoke like bar every, are you going to? <laughs> one in L.A. Not, I, not I, the I one still that I'm be- going to. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's different in Dallas. <laughs> if I mean, honestly, I feel bad whenever I request Shania because it's just like so overdone. But how can you not? You know, <laughs> I certainly don't hear Faith. That one yeah. has been destroyed by history. Poor Faith. Yeah, it's rough, rough out there. Yeah, I'm the only one who's ever doing country songs at, at my bar. I'm <laughs> I'm the one. All right, uh, I think it's two to one on that one. Yeah, wow. Okay. So far, Carrie Underwood coming out on top. Uh, one of one <laughs> question. She's winning. Yep. Um, question number two uh, is uh, also kind of a question of history. Uh, you could be a fly on the wall. You can experience soup to nuts, everything up to and including the music video for one and only one of these two songs, which is the one where you want to know how the sausage got made. You want to start, Todd? Oh, that's got to be goodbye early easily. Just- Agree. Okay. That to me seems really simple that, cause it just, it feels like that was fun to make, like not just fun to compose, uh, but also like to record and then to make the music video and like to perform it live for the first time. Like all of these things sound neat, don't they? It does. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would like to be on the set of uh, Before He Cheats and, you know, maybe take a crack at the car myself. But <laughs> I want to know if Krakowski was wearing the Krakowski at this point. I don't know. This is like real inside baseball. But um, Jane Krakowski, especially when she's doing theater work, she has a specific um, body censure. She's got like an undergarment that she wears that had never, to my knowledge, been used in theater before, and she requested it, so it is referred to as the Krakowski. Wow. That's Isn't that wild. a fun, weird <laughs> fact? Also, Jane, Jane Krakowski, um, to me, is one of the funniest underserved comedic actors of all time. So I would be very curious to see, like, I mean, I don't know what she's like on set. She could be a nightmare, but I find her to be so funny and so interesting and so weird that I would really just even for that, that's got nothing to do with the chicks, but like, I just want to see what she's like on set um, at all. Uh, so that would be a big vote in favor for me, which is very strange. But here we are. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I concur. I think just the, from the arrangement perspective, although I would be curious to sort of uh, be a fly on the wall in the producing of Before He Cheats, because there's some specific choices being made there, too, that have like made it endure, you know, as such a pop classic tough to again my my, to my third party is that i wish i could have been there to to watch the the beginnings for home just that whole record mm-hmm. and then to see them recorded because that was such a in response to what had been happening with them behind the scenes not getting paid having to make a new arrangements not even sure if they were going to make a new album conversations about it being an indie label release conversations about them releasing it for free like that of all the things that well, i have i keep coming back to that i never knew before um that to me is the most interesting. I love that era for any band where they really don't know what's going to happen next. And they release something that's really cool and singular. I wish that's the thing of all of these things. I want to know, I want to be a fly on the wall while they made home. Anyway. I mean, if uh, you see them live, they, or last time I saw them live, they did like a bluegrass breakdown in the middle, like fully acoustic, like everybody like sitting in a circle. It was awesome. That sounds amazing. Um, question number three is a real weird one for this. Oh, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to take it back. This is a good one for this question. Megan the Stallion's going to get up to a night of, uh, hot girl shit as she does. Uh, and she's got a playlist she's going to play as she gets ready for said night of hot girl shit. Which one of these songs now and forever is hot girl shit? Probably before he cheats. I mean, there's more drama to it, I think. <laughs> like I said, the... All the all the karaoke singers have certainly seemed like this was their hot girl song. I'll tell like, you, I, w- I, I wish I was friends with Megan the Stallion for many reasons, but for for once, it would be to get a definitive answer to this question. 
Because you know, "Goodbye Earl" is a you know a, a hot girl song too, and like she's got. I was going to say this is a real both. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like "Goodbye Earl" is more of a hot queer girl song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, there's like heavy queer overtones there in a more sort of Lilith Fair energy. So if that's your hot girl thing, I don't know if that's Megan Thee Stallion's hot girl thing, but maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think say. before he cheats, takes this. I think you're right, but I, I, I want to say for the record that it's a real both for me. Yeah. I could see an argument for both. Um, all right. The fourth question, the most important question that we ask, not just in this podcast, but in all of human creation. William Shatner, thespian, equestrian, singer. We're going to give it to him. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Which one of them must be shat upon? Natalie, you've never had a chance to do this. You probably, you may never have a chance again. Which one of these has got to get Shatnerized? Oh man, I mean, probably before rough. he cheats because it's like <laughs> it's just karaoke, and you know everybody's got to take their own turn on that one. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very much an actor's song. Yeah, which is funny because I've seen Carrie Underwood act, and it's, it's, it's not really <laughs> the future, but roasted. Yeah, boom. <laughs> I think uh, I, I mean, agree. Like, that bums me out. I want to give it to the chicks because this means that Carrie Underwood's coming ahead in the questions department. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Goodbye Earl is, you know, like a fun narrator song. <laughs> Earl had to die. <laughs> Gone. Does, I do like when Shatner makes things that aren't scary, scary. Um, I always say that this is the truth about uh, Mr. Tambourine Man on on the classic record, The Transformed Man. Yes. William Shatner's Transformed Man. Um, he always does. He, like that whole song like is bizarre. His rendition is so psychotic. Like he really sounds like a serial killer when he does it, which is why I like it so much. Um, I don't know, though. I think it's got to be before he cheats. I can't even explain why. I, I think it is. It's, it's just a, like it's there's a, something an, very simple and effective about those lyrics. Uh, and also, it's kind of slut shamey. And isn't that William Shatner? <laughs> it's an angry sorry, song. Sorry, you can really sink his teeth into it. So sorry, Bill. <laughs> I've seen your tweets, Bill. <laughs> um, all right. Maybe, so. maybe next time he'll think before he tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Satisfying. Uh, I, um, I, I stole that from somewhere. Like, okay, I've, well, I've definitely it? seen many before he tweets jokes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not come up with that. It's it's a good one though. Yes, <laughs> should be used more probably. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, now that we've talked a lot and said hopefully a little at least, mm-hmm. um, let's give it to the the listeners. Todd, what do the listeners have to say? All right, and Nico writes. Poor Todd. There's a perfect spot in Goodbye Earl where there is a full stop, but they don't say the word stop. They say, we need a break. Tragic. It was really painful for me that it doesn't stop on the word stop. (laughs) My favorite thing in the universe. Everyone knows that about me. All right. Eric J. writes, Wanda and Marianne at least knew how to hide the body. Carrie left damning evidence at the scene of her crime. (laughs) Sorry, she can't win from prison. Yeah, yeah Bice is just laid out. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, she just uh, she she carved her name in there. There's no reason for that. Like yeah. he knew who did that. <laughs> it could have been Carrie Fisher. All right, a lot of Carries out there. <laughs> and Carrie Fisher would have done that. She didn't even need to know you. All right, Jeff writes. How many different Morning Zoo DJ produced before he tweets parodies is Todd going to have to listen to for this? For the record, I only heard one. It was about Anthony Weiner. I think of all people who have ever ruined themselves with 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 Twitter. I think that that is the the one you would want to write this song about. I I can categorically say incorrect, but by that (laughs) metric, I want to do that zero times. All right, all right. Aliana Lasanti writes: We can all agree to ship Marianne and Marianne and Wanda together, though, right? They seem pretty happy together. Uh, I don't know what their deal is, but it wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, that's it. That's their business. All right. David Jermack writes, why do I want to watch fried green tomatoes immediately after hearing Goodbye Earl? 
And also, I just realized that when he cheats is just or before he cheats is just the scene from Mystic Pizza when Julia Roberts trashes her boyfriend's car. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I've, I've never seen Mystic Pizza. I have seen Fried Green Tomatoes, so I know where that's going. But like, is that something that happens in Mystic Pizza? I've seen it, but I've I never don't seen remember. I, I haven't seen either of these movies. You've never this seen per, per, perhaps as shocking as the fact that I've not heard either of these songs, really. It is like uh, I, I have seen Fry Green Tomatoes, and if that wasn't a big inspiration for Goodbye Earl, I'll be surprised. <laughs> did you know that Mystic Pizza is actually about pizza? I did not know yeah. that. It's in Mystic well, you have Connecticut. No, you have no good taste in pizza, Todd. You have no business thinking about pizza. I didn't think it was about pizza, pizza at all. I thought it was like licorice pizza. Contemplating where it's pizza. it's just like not connected to anything. As far as you're concerned, pizza doesn't exist, Todd. All the, right. The, the longtime listeners know. All right. know what you did. Michael Murphy writes, is it just me or did anyone else think that the Tennessee ham was actually Earl's body a la fried green tomatoes? Well, those are fried <laughs> green tomatoes, by the way. <laughs> yeah thanks a lot um you know i might have seen it someday uh, again like that that wouldn't surprise but you no know, they got rid of his body in the lake that's that's what that is yeah i had assumed for the record i looked up tennessee ham on image search to see what it, and there are a lot of uh there are a lot of t-shirts advertising tennessee ham and strawberry jam from marianne and wanda's oh uh. <laughs> That's a good that's a good shirt. That's a good reference shirt. <laughs> All right. Kyle Boyd writes, come on, Todd, because we just did a Britney Spears versus Christina Aguilera episode. So mm-hmm. Kyle Boyd writes, come on, Todd. Don't you know that you're not supposed to do two episodes about female singers in a row? You'll alienate <laughs> your female audience. <laughs> I got a big there laugh. There you go. Country radio one. jokes. We love it. <laughs> yes. And then uh Kyle Boyd added right after that, I thought writing that joke would be cathartic, but honestly, it just made me angry. (laughs) Fair. All right. Julie Dobbiny writes, I love the reveal at the end of the Before He Cheats videos of just how fucked up the truck is. Like, Carrie, (laughs) how did you even do this? Did you rent a fucking bulldozer? No, she she just punched it like like, like Street Fighter 2. Oh, right. (laughs) Put put some Hadoukens into it. Yeah. Sure, you can. All right. No rights. And the name is just no. No rights. Some murder is simply good. Earl had to die. I like I appreciated the simplicity of that one. And uh, well, one well said one last one. There was a decent sized comment from Martha Boatwright. Uh, most of it we've already covered. I just wanted to add the last word she wrote, which was F.U.T.K. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was. <laughs> I thought that was fit, and this came in today. So uh, the man's been in the ground for like a couple days. So, <laughs> and uh, Martha still put that out there for the record. Uh, you know, actually, I have I have nothing to add to that. Anyway, <laughs> yep. All right. All that is left now is the results. I put it to both of you. Who do you think won, and by how much? We do like a try and guess the percentage. My guess would be. Um, that before he cheats wins just because I think it's got a longer tail. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you'd pointed out, Natalie, that like it's still like the most um, stream song of that year. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that says a lot. So my guess is that it's going to come out ahead. I don't know if it's by a lot, but it's going to come out ahead. I'm going to say it's good. It's going to have a, a it's going to be like a 60 to 65 percent lead. I would agree. I think I think that sounds right to me. <laughs> All right, well, here's the actual results. For a total of 528 to 323, Earl had to die. <laughs> Goodbye, Earl. Wow. The okay, chicks come up <laughs> the winner uh, just like in life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, that's definitely right like before, in life. And right before Super Bowl Sunday, too. Like, waiting all day for Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. Stole it from Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not I her got that reference. thing. Though, right? She's NBC. It's going to be on CBS? Question mark? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) They might not be able to legally play the Carrie Underwood song before the Super Bowl. (laughs) It's all insane. (laughs) Taylor can be there all she wants. Like, Carrie is always going to be the queen of football for the the time being. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Natalie, for, for showing up. Would you like to, you know, plug whatever you want to have to plug? Um, I mean, definitely subscribe to Don't Rock the Inbox if you enjoy country music at all or don't. I I like to think that it's 
still appealing, even to the non-country devotees. You might find some some country sounds that surprise you. Um, and I mean, yeah, if you have not listened to the Dixie, the blah, 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 the chicks <laughs> fly, uh, yeah, you should do that. It's I just found it. Uh, God, where did I get it? I think I got it for like no money at a garage sale or something. And I've been listening to it in my car and it's just it's just great. <laughs> Lena, and apparently this is going to be a surprise to you. You ready for the next episode? Yes. I thought I was announcing it because you said we were you said I named no, no, it. Let, let, me, we'll let me do, do this next. one because, I, you know, you've been bugging me for this one longer than you've been bu- bugging me for the, the one you're thinking of. Oh, well, shit. All right. What is it? Because like we've been talking about mixing it up for a long time. So instead of uh, doing two similar time period songs, we're doing songs with the same name. We are at last going to do I Kissed a Girl by Jill Sabule versus I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. <laughs> All right. It's that too, is you, you've been bugging me for this one for the longest time. And I know. Well, it's because it's not only because I want it, but because Raven and I often talk about how this is such an obvious one to do. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for being here, uh, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Thank you.